Well, I'm bored already. Oh, hi! Welcome once again to the Citanium Mine. Uh, thank you for alleviating my boredom. Uh, because you know what? Sometimes you'll play games that end up being kind of a, an over-and-done experience very, very quickly. It gets old. Fast. And I thought, since we are approaching the end of the year, I might go over a few of the games that I played this particular year that gave me that very experience. We're going to run through them very quickly, because frankly, I didn't play them very long. First up is Fuga Melodies of Steel. The concept is kind of interesting. You're in a post-apocalyptic world, and you're playing a bunch of kids that are driving around in this giant tank with multiple guns and the idea of the gameplay is to have like a turn-based RPG where you can assign the different kids to the three different kinds of guns and you can uh, do like a rock paper scissors sort of thing where certain weapons are more effective on different enemy tanks or planes and uh, they can have synergies where they get more bonded together and that allows them to have uh, additional attack links of sorts, uh, special attacks and stuff like that. Then there is also this kind of odd thing where uh, you can also do a soul strike and you can literally just sacrifice one of the characters that you have so that you can do a big super strike and then they're just dead. You can just kill off the kid characters in the game, so that's something. The problem with the game, uh, besides that interesting little story hook, is that you realize very quickly that this is a, basically a, just a series of battles that you go through. You have to just battle a bunch of tanks, acquire some new gear and stuff, and then move on to the next one with occasional intermissions that are planned out for you, where you can spend a little bit of your time and energy, a limited resource that you have when you get there, uh, on interacting with the other characters and maybe planting crops or doing laundry, other chores around the ship. And I would have really liked to see something that might have been a little bit more freeform where I could go back to that or, or try to harvest the resources of, like, time, uh, try to find intermissions all of my own. And instead, it, it's a little bit more of a system that you've seen in, like, maybe card battler kind of games where uh, they give you, like, an, an alternating path where, oh, do you want to go this normal route or do you want to go this hard route and then go through a series of things until you find another split where you can go to, to another few rooms. It's kind of roguelike in that way, but with RPG elements. And it didn't really work for me. It just ends up being kind of a boring experience at the end because you realize that I can only really do my customization, upgrading, and all of that at specific times with specific resources and in a, a specific uh, time frame before I go on to the next element. You Suck at Parking is a neat concept where you have to run your little car over these maniacal road structures, uh, avoiding mines and magnets and stuff, and eventually parking specifically in an area that has been designated for you. As time goes on, later levels ask you to do that with like a couple cars or a few cars and still do it in the time frame. 
The thing that gets kind of annoying about this game, though, is that the physics are kind of wonky. Uh, you'll you'll hit into cars, and the cars will knock you around instead of you knocking them around. Uh, there will be just like a ton of magnets or timing that you have to get right. And then, just to add insult to injury, there are also... Uh, meters for your gas and so if you run out of gas at any time you you lose and you have to go back to the start there's also like a time frame that you're doing all of this in so I'm under a time clock while I'm trying to avoid all of these magnets so that I can try to park my car exactly where I need it to be and not run out of gas before I get there it's kind of like a physics puzzle in that regard there is also one little annoying thing that I understand they had to do for the context of the game, but frankly just annoys the hell out of me, which is that there is no reverse. There is only forward and brake. So when you get to that parking space or you, uh, you know, get toward a cliff or something, you can't just back it up before you go forward. Uh, I understand that they couldn't do that because it would kind of negate the whole parking thing, but I think that that's kind of the whole problem with the structure of the game in general. They even give you some customization options, but it's so very bare bones in what they give you. What color car do you want? Do you want a cool racing stripe on it? They're all boxes. They're basically just boxes that you ride around on this top-down landscape like they're micro-machines, and there's no racing involved there's just parking it's just endless parking moon scars seemed like the kind of game that might have some potential right up at the front and it is like a pixel graphic 2d side scrolling sort of game that had metroidvania qualities to it when i first started playing I think where it starts to lose you is when you realize that it took a little less from Castlevania or Metroid and a lot more from Demon Souls. And I specifically say Demon Souls because if you die at any point in the game, you drop all of your currency, you lose all of the levels that you've acquired, and if you don't save or cash in or anything like that, the enemies get progressively harder. So you keep going back and encountering the same enemies over and over again that are just getting increasingly more difficult, even if you failed to kill them the first time around. Everything respawns, and you have to go through this pattern over and over again. And eventually you start to realize that you get into a very quick fail loop, which is usually the point where you want to stop playing, and I wouldn't criticize anyone for doing so, because it's not a very fun gameplay loop at all. Uh, it starts off strong, like you start getting into it when you're acquiring levels and acquiring abilities and you're doing all that, and then the second that you fall and you fail, you go, oh, I see, we're doing a little bit more of a Souls-like thing, and then when you continually do that over and over and over again, especially when your checkpoint saves you in a place that you probably don't want to be, right next to like a boss battle or something, you realize that this is a, an endless fail loop that you didn't want to go into to the first place, and you will put it down. Well, at least I put it down. Spelunky 2 is a game that has the same basic structure and, in some ways, problems as the original Spelunky. There are some people that are going to really like this game. Uh, the idea of being able to go through, like, a roguelike, where you just keep going through these randomly generated levels, can be a really interesting game idea, but... Uh, when it gets into practice, it's mostly just me having uh, these, like, three or four life 
meter pieces that are going to like revert back when I eventually die because you know I'm going to and waiting for uh, everything and anything to hit me and kill me repeatedly over and over again for what I can't really see as much of a reward for doing anything in the game. Uh, eventually, as you go through the different levels in Spelunky 2, just like in the original Spelunky, a ghost shows up, because they also don't want you to take any real time going through any of these levels, so even though you're going into these randomly generated levels uh, fresh, because it's randomly generated, and trying to traverse and figure out how you're going to go about getting around all of the traps and traversal and enemies in the game and not die with the limited amount of resources that you have, then a ghost shows up to say, oh, no, you've taken too much time looking at the place. You can't just stop and look for a second. You got to keep moving towards the exit that you have no idea where it is. And that is uh, the problem with Spelunky and the reason why I just don't like that style of game. Spelunky 2 is basically just Spelunky 1, but with a 2 on the end of it. And it has the same basic problems for me as the original. Gloomhaven seemed like it had a lot of potential right up at the front. You get to start your little monster army, and you get to uh, go into almost like an XCOM sort of, you know, grid-based combat system. But the problem ends up being that the structure of the game didn't really work for me at all. Instead of doing these large landscapes where you're doing recon, which is what you would normally do in XCOM, um, it's just a grid where you can just walk up to different enemies. There's no real strategy to it, from what I could tell. And when you do that... They get you through endless menus to try and determine the most basic of things. I, I, it's just over-menued to the hilt. The way the game is structured, too, is very odd. Uh, basically, you just choose a mission that you would like to go on. You go into that mission, and then it will take you through a series of rooms. The rooms are all the grids. You go and kill the enemies that are in it. They keep taking strikes at you. You can try to refresh your abilities in combat after you have killed all of the enemies. There is a door. It will take you to the next room or chamber. You try to kill the enemies there, and the idea is that you need to succeed by going through all of the rooms therein. It's pretty railroaded for a game of this style, and I did not particularly find it fun. I went through the first mission, realized that this is the structure of it, didn't see much value of continuing on, and put it down. Sunless Skies is a game that I held a lot of hope for, and while I think it's an interesting concept, it does sort of fail in execution. So it's a top-down style game where you are in this like almost steampunk world uh, with your skyship, and immediately you're like, oh, that sounds pretty sweet. You even get to choose a character that has uh, specific benefits, bonuses, and weaknesses to different stats. Uh, so you get to kind of choose the kind of path that you'd like to go on, if you want to be an artist or a captain or a soldier. And these can even play into how the story goes for your character. You then get introduced to the world, which uh, allows you to kind of like uh, wander around to different ports of call, uh, interact with some of the different people there, mostly through text screens. 
There's also a little bit of a psychological element as you get into the fringes of the world, and uh, maybe crew morale goes down as you stray from civilization itself. What starts to become a real issue, though, is that your mission parameters aren't terrifically defined. Your ship can get blown up pretty easily. But the the big problem, of course, is just trying to manage the resources on board. At first, you might think that it's kind of a resource-like game, but actually, uh, between like morale and hunger meters for your entire crew and the managing therein, it becomes a little tedious in the way that it is presented to you. And I didn't really want that, because when I started playing Sunless Skies, my initial thought was, this seems like a world that you'd want to explore. This seems like the kind of place where you'd want to encourage people to go off the beaten path. Problem is that every time I went off the beaten path, it kind of beat me down. And so it starts to ask you to be a little bit more regimented in the way you want to address the game, and pulls all of the different ways that you might think to play into one sort of play style. You can try to do a lineage where you you just jump off of your previous player type with something else, but, you know, I, I, I tried it, and my experience seemed to pretty much mirror the first time I went through, even with a different character. I guess I was hoping for it to be a little bit more like Song of the Deep, which was a game by Insomniac back in 2016 that was more of a Metroidvania that was set in the sea from like a top-down perspective or a side-scrolling perspective, and uh, it was not that. Trek to Yomi is the kind of game that I think a lot of the artsy crowd is going to enjoy a lot. I personally, though, had a lot of trouble getting into it. The style of the game is really great. Like, the look and the feel of the game is excellent. You feel like you are in a black-and-white samurai movie, and that works tremendously well. The problem is the gameplay itself, where you're going through one after another after another, essentially side-scrolling, pseudo-side-scrolling missions, where the whole thing is I slash my sword and I watch the cool animation as the enemy dies and then I move on to the next one. It's sort of like a modern interpretation of the classic Prince of Persia, but I do have to say, frankly, I was never a huge fan of classic Prince of Persia, so maybe that's where my problem is coming in. Uh, You get to the boss battles, the boss battles are definitely harder but you realize that that's going to be the theme for the entire game as soon as you get to the first one. And I did go through a couple of the levels just to make sure, and yeah, the structure is pretty much the same (laughs) for each single one. Uh, You go through a couple diverging paths, and you can go a little bit off the beaten path, but it is very railroaded in the way that it's presented to you, saying that basically I have to go from point A to point B and just beat up a bunch of guys in the meantime. There seems to be almost a renaissance of those sort of games. I've seen, I think Sifu was another one that came out that had a similar thing. I I don't really know why that's trending at the moment, but Trek to Yomi might be one of the better examples, just because I like the style of it, the look and the feel. It does definitely feels like a Kurosawa film, but I also really wanted the gameplay to be a little bit more detailed than what it was. It felt very rudimentary and samey when I got into it. 
And we will end with Amazing Cultivation Simulator, a game that seemed like it might be the kind of thing I enjoy. Uh, at first, I thought to myself, oh, maybe this is going to be a little bit like, I don't know, maybe a Stardew Valley. It is uh, not that. Uh, I think the problem really becomes that the game doesn't really make it clear what it is at all, uh, especially in the early moments of the game. And I think the the harder thing for me was really that even now, I'm going to have trouble explaining to you what the game is or what the game does. You will make a few like characters that you can utilize in the game, and I guess there's some cultivation aspects. There's also magic, and I guess you can gather artifacts eventually. The big problem, though, is the user interface is so obscure that I really didn't know what I was supposed to do at all. It gave me, like, Crusader Kings 3 vibes in that respect, and while it feels like, yeah, there, there must be a really intricate, interesting game under the surface here, it makes it so difficult to actually access that I didn't want to try. Um, a lot of these games I will usually give, give a, a go on, and this one just felt so bogged down in unnecessary mechanics right from the start that I just didn't want to play it at all. So I, I pieced out on it very quickly. Oh, I should probably give an honorable mention to Elder Scrolls Redguard as well. Uh, one of the lesser-known installments in the Elder Scrolls series, and I did try to play it uh, just because, uh, you know, some of these old-school Elder Scrolls, maybe they'd be fun. Um, I am starting to realize, though, that there is an inherent problem with playing a lot of really old games from, like, the 90s or 80s, uh, which is that if they have not been properly converted for, like, modern systems, they're nearly unplayable. For some reason, Red Guard, which was uh, supposed to be more of, like, an action-adventure game based in the Elder Scrolls world that Bethesda made, is uh, so unplayable, in fact, that after I got through the basics of learning how to do the swashbuckling aspect of it, uh, the game crashed and um, didn't want to open again. Guess I know why people don't usually talk about that one <laughs> in the modern era. So thank you for sitting through this uh, rant about games that I, I didn't really want to play uh, because they were not particularly fun. And uh, if you'd like to learn more about these games, uh, you can play them for yourself, but I don't particularly recommend it. Um, what? What? Oh, you're getting tired of this game too? Of me telling you about video games? Well, I didn't ask you to come down here in the first place. You can leave at any time. Oh. Oh, okay, I should have... I should have seen that coming. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs>